0: Guys, this is Succession, this is HBO. If you don't want to hear me talking about Logan Roy, talking about then don't listen to this. There are bad language words in this show. Hello, and welcome to the Bleed the Swede episode of Slate Money Succession. Your guide to episode five of Succession, which came out last night. I am Felix Salmon of Axios. I'm here with Emily Peck of Axios. Hi. With Elizabeth Spires of the New York Times, among other places. Hello. And with the one and only Peter Kafka. Peter, I can't believe you haven't been on this show before, but this is amazing. Um, hello. And no, I didn't take
1: that personally. It took the fourth <laughs> season for me to show up. You've been I on Slate a... Money, right? You just haven't been on Slate Money Succession. You lured me on to talk about uh, Michael Clayton under the premise that it would be a fun movie to talk about and instead <laughs> of I had to spend time profiting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no bitterness here at all.
0: Uh, we will talk. Um, we will we talk about uh, the relative merits, maybe, perhaps. But Peter, before we get into the meat of this, um, introduce yourself. Who are you? Hi, I'm Peter Kafka,
1: I work at Vox.com, and I make content there on the website, and I also make podcasts, I host the Recode Media podcast, which is free and available right now, and we just started a three-part series on AI, which you can listen to right now when you're done listening to this podcast.
0: <laughs> yes, listen, listen to this one first, because we have a bunch of stuff to catch up on in sleek Money Succession. Okay, so Peter, uh, catch us up. What's the, what's the big news? What's the headline from episode five? Uh,
1: the episode five starts off with a song called The Takeover by Jay-Z, <laughs> uh, which I did have to sound hound to make sure that I, I was getting the right. And this,
0: this, is, um, this is a throwback to, I guess, season one when it's the Beastie Boys? Was it the piece anyway
1: when Kendall is riding high he puts on and but wants to, um, wants to hype he's himself in charge up. wants to hype himself up and also project to himself and the people in the vicinity <laughs> of his car uh, he, he jams up some some hip-hop and so this was right right on the nose Kendall's in charge or is projecting as if he's taking charge um, he's the man and then he and everyone else who works for for uh, Uh, For formerly Logan Roy has to go to not Sweden, but Norway to try to convince Manson to buy their company.
0: We we do have this um, clear feeling at the beginning of this episode that even though technically they're co-CEOs, Kendall is first among equals between the two.
1: Uh, Kendall believes that, to
0: be In
2: his case. head, yeah. he definitely thinks that. And I guess Roman didn't get the same applause as Kendall we, we, did, but that's didn't because he came Roman early to We didn't see Roman get
1: office.
0: any applause. Yeah.
1: Right. They are both super-duper play-acting. They are both really trying to convince uh, everyone around them and themselves that they are the bosses now.
0: But when it comes to the fateful decision that Kendall makes that he wants to try to blow up the deal... It's him making that decision and him persuading Roman and Roman saying, well, okay, then.
2: But, I mean, you're skipping from the beginning to the end of the episode, (laughs) and I forgive you. Did Roman really want to blow up the deal, A? B, they didn't blow up the deal. They basically sealed the deal. Because earlier in the episode, Kendall says to Roman, we need to really convince um, the Swede that we can walk away. Like, we don't care. And that's what they did. They convinced the Swede that they could walk away. And at that point, he raises, he raises the offer. And now they're being congratulated on the deal that I think they didn't want, but I sort of think Roman did want.
1: I mean, for most of the show, whenever uh, Kendall announces a decision... He sort of his eyes dart around and he gets any pushback <laughs> whether it's from Matson whether it's from his sister or his brother he just folds immediately he sort of try he just says I'm I'm gonna alpha dog this I'm gonna say what we should do and someone says well I don't, I don't think that's a great oh, okay okay any back <laughs> um so they're just sort of twisting in the wind
3: yeah it also seemed like Roman had some reservations about giving ATN to Matson possibly because originally Logan had kind of set him up to potentially be the CEO of ATN so he's Probably still fantasizing about that,
0: right? The the kids want to run something, and when Matson comes to them and says, "I want to buy the Holker and caboodle, what they realize is that although money is nice, what they really want is power, and without ATN, they have no power, and they just become another pair of rich kids. And as Kendall says to Matson, like, "I'm already rich." Like having all of this extra money doesn't actually help me very much. It's not like i can i'm gonna be able to like buy an extra car. I can buy an extra car already
2: right
1: but- yeah without without a t n though if they want to be important instead of rich, they will have to buy Pierce, but they'll have to build something, which they were pretending they were going to do a couple episodes ago. As soon as the opportunity came to not build something and to buy something instead, they were much more comfortable and they're, they're scared that if they have to try to build a thing on their own, they will fail and they'll be, uh, they'll be shown for what they really are, which is
0: rich kids. So one of the things that has bubbled up a couple of times in this show is this idea of like the owner of a news network being suitable for that news network. When Logan turned to Roman and said, like, you don't want to own Pierce, Pierce is not your kind of news network. He was right. And then when Kendall went to Matt's and said, you don't understand ATN, ATN is not your kind of news news network. He was right. There is this interesting idea that there has to be some kind of philosophical alignment between the owner and the property. And you know, Shiv understands this. When she when she like was given the news that Matson wanted to buy ATN, she's like, Great, let's get rid of this toxic asset. Like, because she is not aligned with ATN.
2: Yeah, Shiv is the interesting character in this episode. Right. I mean, she clearly doesn't want to keep ATN. She's coming to the brothers initially to tell them that Mencken, the presidential candidate, who's like a little Nazi-ish, is listening in or participating in news calls, which is like wild. I don't know if there's uh, some real world (laughs) comparator to that. Peter,
0: is there a real world comparator to that?
1: I mean, that's just a direct call out to Fox in the Trump White House, right? Yeah. That Trump wasn't sitting in on the morning calls, but it was, you know, well, well-documented over and over.
3: He was, he's calling Hannity every every morning. just
2: Right, yeah. So, um, and she's clearly upset by that. And, and like, Ke- Kendall and Roman aren't. They don't even care at all. And I feel like that was a significant moment for her because in the whole episode, she's playing against, definitely playing against Kendall and she's aligning you know, with Matson basically, and they have that great scene together, which I think is my favorite part of the episode.
0: It was a great. The, the Kendall, uh, so yeah, the Shiv Matson scene is so good. It's such a great scene. We should um, Emily should talk about that scene. My favorite, my favorite bit, I think, is when she. Accepts the cocaine from Matson and just like makes it seem like she's going to do some, but then quietly just screws the lid back well, on. she's,
3: she's pregnant. Yes. I mean, so she did she did, she did not, not <laughs> <different>. <laughs> do the cocaine.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. But she is drinking. She's got a yeah. drink in her hand. No, I, I rewound that several times. Like, did she do the coke? Are they leaving it? Ambiguous. They, you know. I guess in theory she could have done it off camera, but it seems pretty clear that she did not.
3: She did. Yeah, not I was snort.
2: like looking in the window. Like, can you see her reflection doing it? What's What is it?
3: <laughs> Peter, is there is there any tech CEO that Matson reminds you of?
1: Uh no. I mean, he's an amalgam of a bunch of things, right? You know, Daniel Ek does not does not um, present himself that way. So in terms of the, the one Swedish tech billionaire that I know, um, no. Um, there are some, there are rumors about various people in tech re-embracing <laughs> cocaine again. Um, I'm assuming that was cocaine. Um, my, my consumption of HBO shows has also told me that ketamine is popular with young people again. So I'm assuming that was coke and not ketamine, but I don't know.
0: Um, Shiv does mention to Tom that a whole bunch of people at this retreat have been doing Molly.
2: Oh, that scene. Okay, so. (laughs) So
0: We are jumping around here. Apologies.
2: (laughs) So Shiv and Matson, they have this like evening conversation and it's like, a. I feel like it was a good conversation. She's actually honest with him about her marital situation and it's interesting she made that decision to just. Be honest, because that's not something that happens a lot of the times in succession. And he tells her this just insane <laughs> story about how he's sending <laughs> half liters of frozen blood to his ex. And then the reveal is that the ex is the the head of comms, right? Ebba? <laughs> it's Ebba. It's, it's Ebba. Ebba is um,
0: amazing. Yeah, she's my new favorite just, character. I,
2: it was, first of all, it was good also because... Not only is Shiv you know, being honest with him, but he's sort of, I guess, being honest with her and actually revealing a
3: weakness. Well, what's, what's great is that she starts immediately giving him PR advice. And she says her, her first thing is, you know, three points. And she said, <laughs> point one might be hard for you, but you need to stop sending people your blood. <laughs> <laughs> Just really,
2: really
0: yeah. good advice. Good, good, generally good advice. Good life just advice quality. for all everyone listening to <laughs> Slate Money Succession in general. Don't send people your blood. Contraindicated as just as a PR move. But yeah, Please like I, I think that. the um, the degree of like honesty and self awareness that she shows when she says we're fucked, it's a disaster. I broke his heart and he broke mine and we lost our footing. Is something like there's no non-Matson character on the show that she would have been able to say that to.
2: Right? It's interesting uh, why she made that choice. Maybe she felt like she, this. I don't understand why she made that choice, actually, if anyone
3: yeah, liked me.
1: Uh, it's, free, it's free therapy, right? <laughs> Is Matson who
3: you would go to for therapy?
1: I mean, he's an unreliable narrator, so if he turned and used that against yeah. you, you could
0: say, I, right. I, I never said that. <laughs> and by the way, you were high as a kite the entire time we talked. But it's also not even, it's right. not even something that can be used against her, right? It's not like damaging information yeah. so much as it's just her like trying to get something off her chest, you know?
1: They're, they're also yeah. flirting,
0: right? She's saying, I am no longer with yeah. my husband. I'm
1: available.
2: That's true. Right? Yeah. Which
1: is part of his question, too, what he asks. Right. Like, what is, are you available?
2: So are they going to get together? Because she kind of, when she talks to Tom later, before he hits her?
1: Does um, something
0: to her, kind of her earlobe?
2: She that. Yeah. Does he pull the earlobe or just hit the earlobe? <laughs> she was, I,
3: I didn't really get I her hostility toward Tom in that scene. It didn't seem like something new had precipitated that. I'm really confused by everything about Shiv in this
2: episode, right? Because she's very hostile to him <laughs> kicking the dirt on his white sneakers. And then at, towards the end of the episode, I think she saved his job at ATN somehow. So
0: so th- th- this it took me a couple of... Viewings to work this one out. So, just in case you missed it, um, we start off the episode with Roman telling Shiv, "Look, if you want us to fire Tom, we can totally fire Tom. We're the CEOs," and she demurs. I think is the is the correct word. She like mutters something about going having to go see Jerry and doesn't doesn't make a decision one way or the other. But clearly doesn't say yes. Um, and. Then she does this little like baby psychological torture thing with Tom on the plane on the way back where she's like, we're looking at some moves at ATN, which is code for we want to fire the leadership of ATN. And Tom is like, you really want to do this? Meaning like, are you actually going to fire me right now on the plane? And she like pulls the little switcheroo and says, yeah, we're going to fire Sid. Do you want to tell him? And he's like, what oh and then he's he's genuinely shocked that it's not him who's getting fired and then shiv puts the shiv in right because she shiv she's she's done something nice for him and then she's like hide your erection tom (laughs) (laughs) and and then says you want to get dinner when we get back and then walks off and it's just like what
2: yeah what does it mean peter
0: um I just think these are people who had
1: a long relationship and and it was a complicated one and now they're in the breakup period and so there's that thing where they have a ton of resentment about each other. They also are forced to work with each other and they have mixed feelings, right? So on the one hand, Shiv doesn't doesn't fire Tom when she could make that happen and it could be clean. She wants him around. Um, But she also goes out of her way to emasculate him. Um, Like, Really, really heavily uh, with the presence of Matson. Um, so it's erratic, but I think that is meant to be the case. I think she's supposed to be all over the place. Yeah, she I think
0: it is a pretty realistic portrait of a you know dysfunctional couple in the process of breaking up.
2: Okay, I like it. And in le- like in saying we want you to fire to fire Sid, is she also who's the we? Is it her and Matson?
0: No, I think her and her brothers, right? Remember, that was Logan's plan. That right. was Before Logan's plan. Whether Shiv knows that it was Logan's plan. I mean, I think it's reasonable to assume that Roman might have shared that with her. There's no reason why it was secret.
4: Okay.
0: And now, and now that, um, you know, she's learned that Minkin is listening into the news calls, that's like prima facie, you know, grounds for you know, firing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm much more confused by Shiv's periodic naivete. She's supposed to be this super sophisticated comms person who knows the byways of, of how to communicate. And she's constantly shocked at weird behavior at ATN or, or at uh, at uh, Waystar. Like at the very beginning, which she's the, the Mencken stuff. That's like, how could she not know that? That seems like the kind of thing that Jane Mayer would have been writing about for six months. <laughs> uh, and, she's, and she's constantly surprised to find that things in, in her father's company are not above board.
0: But, you know, I think, but the the reason Jane Mayer publishes that in The New Yorker is because Shiv has leaked it to her, right? And, like, Shiv has leaked it to her because she was shocked when she was found out. She doesn't like these people and she is, she finds their behavior shocking. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, I I just find she's constantly aghast
1: to find that there's (laughs) gambling going on with the Roy family (laughs) uh, property.
3: I sort of read it more as moral outrage about the politics of ATN. Uh, she says something, She's says a great line where she says, you know, why don't we just get rid of ATN? You know, we keep one of dad's sweaters. It's way less racist, you know.
2: Yeah, that's why I thought that sort of pushed her to Madsen's side. And basically she helped make that offer happen. Um, you know, she made that help make that offer happen. The one at the end. She... Pumped up Carolina to him. She pumped up Jerry to him. She absolutely wants to have ATN, the toxic asset, sold and probably likes the idea of it getting IKEA'd to fuck, which I don't really know what that means exactly.
1: but
0: <laughs> It's like a gray Bloomberg, Emily.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's a moneymaker. Should right? we
1: discuss whether Matson is is a, this seems like a terrible, terrible proposition for him. It seems like he will put
0: ATN to zero. Yeah, um, and, and he's, no he's idea paying he's like doing. an extra fifty dollars yeah. a share for this for this property. It's a serious um, premium that he's paying. I mean, this is this is again a, l- a little difference between the obvious corollary, which was the way that Disney took the sort of non-news parts of Fox and left the news parts for for Rupert to run on his own. Um, you know, Fox was not worth half as much as you know. Um, 20, 20th century Fox and all the stuff that Disney bought. So this is this is in the world of the um, of, of succession. ATN is a very valuable property, but also like very clearly looking at like Frank and Carl and how they react to this news, um, and Jerry actually in particular when they hear the amount of the premium that he's willing to pay to get ATN, they're like that is way more than ATN is worth, right? Like if you spun off. ATN into something like Fox Corp, it would never be worth that much money. So obviously we have a fiduciary um, responsibility to take this deal.
1: Yeah. And ATN, you can't, if if it's Fox News, which it is, you cannot value it without Logan Roy running it. Um, its value goes to not zero because it's got cable distribution rights, et cetera. It's still an ongoing, but it, you it, without him running it, without him touching it, um, it's not going to be successful in in the way that it is then. And there's no reason to think that Matson is going to be a good a good
0: steward for it. So he's dramatically overpaying. So wait, like, let's 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 be let's be like world about Peter? this. You don't You're, like his
2: plan for ATN?
0: Oh, the the grey Bloomberg, the IKEA. No, but, I, but I, I'm I, not sure I agree with that. Like, I think Fox News has value without Rupert being in charge. It probably has value even without Lachlan being in charge, no?
3: Well, when Kendall tells Mattson that he doesn't understand ATN, and Mattson replies, yeah, I do. It's a uh, lot of yelling, small men, big veins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a good line, but it does mean he doesn't yeah. understand it. <laughs> yes. Um, who is – who
1: is? I mean, look, he can – as soon as he starts to tinker with it and make it less horrible and less yelly or less whatever, the audience that wants all of that will eventually turn the channel or turn to- it totally, off. Totally, 100%. Or die. Yeah. Um, and he's right to say that, that is a, it is a shrinking asset, right, because the people who watch ATN slash Fox are old. Um, they're the last people watching linear TV, right? So that asset is going to devalue on its own over time, but a, on, a long, on a long trail, uh, on a long arc. Um, and he's gonna go in and try to you know, blow it up in advance and turn it into something else. I just don't know what the value is. Once you've right. you removed so the programming thesis? that that audience likes, oh, I think it's, it's terrible overreach. It's, it's the classic smart tech guy saying, I can clearly see the problem with this thing, and he's right um and then his
0: solution is completely wrong and and actually in a weird way his solution is not a million miles away from what david zaslav is doing to cnn right No, in terms of like depoliticizing it and making it more boring
1: oh that's all just pretend david is that no that's david zaslav doesn't know what to do with cnn clearly Um, And has been told by John Malone it should go one way and by other people it should go a different way. And he's got the same problem that everyone who's owned and ran CNN has, which is what do you do when there's not a national crisis? Mm -hmm. Um, Because people don't watch CNN unless something is blowing up. Um, And so, you know, pre-Trump, Jeff Zucker's uh, solution was to do the poop cruise or the Malaysia plane and make those You know two week long story embarrassing right bad journalism um but that's what you have to do if you want if you are running a non-ideological 24-hour news operation there's no reason for for people to watch you unless unless you've ginned up some fake news. Um, they watch MSNBC or Fox because they're loyalists, and there's no reason to watch CNN. And so this premise of non-ideological news, I guess I guess, a long-winded way of saying, yes, I th- maybe he thinks that's what Zaslav is doing, but Zaslav doesn't know. Um, but but no, this is, I mean, he's taking Fox, in, in the world of succession, he's taking Fox News and trying to make it CNN, which is a terrible idea.
2: Yeah, I think it's a bad idea, because you have a brand, and the brand means something, and he's trying to take away what that brand means And like blow it up for an audience that doesn't even exist or maybe exists, but watches something else.
0: Weirdly, when we find out at the end of the episode that Tom isn't on the kill list. um, And there's that little exchange between Roman and Shiv where Roman's like, yeah, he's actually doing a perfectly good job. It strikes me that if you needed to pick one person to run ATN, Tom wouldn't be terrible. He does actually understand how it works, and he understands what the politics are. And he might not share the politics, but he like he knows where the bread is butter, and he like, basically understands how to run it. I, you know, I like mm-hmm. Emily is shaking her head. She refuses to believe that Tom can actually be competent he at just, anything.
2: He has no like backbone or moral center, and I think. I mean, in the real world, <laughs> if you run a media company, you say that company, like it's a bad thing. Well, if you run a media company, you need a little bit of a, a center or something. Or am I wrong? Like he's
1: need- he's he's in that structure. He's the operator, right? So he's not he's not the programming person. That's Sid, who they're gonna fire. He's <clears throat> right. the guy to you know lead the sales calls and and do that sort of stuff. He's got he's not gonna rally the newsroom. He's also you know. I I'm just love how this show constantly shows you over and over how the kids, but everyone else in that world, is just bad at their job. Um, Tom, whose main job is supposed to be like being amenable and personable, like can't strike up a conversation with Matson. He 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 wimps out and walks by initially, which is great. And then when he does sit down, he tries to make small talk, and it's the worst small talk ever. Which, by the way. I would do the exact same thing, but I'm not presenting myself as the CEO of a billion-dollar operation, that that, that that fake gravitas you're supposed to have.
2: It was so cringe. I, <laughs> I wrote down cringe like four times in my notes. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. It was the one time I watched something happen. I was like, well, even the- I wouldn't. I wouldn't we go laughed.
1: That far. We were at Sun Valley. We were mocking Sundar's cargo shorts, the creases. That's
0: his the opening creases. line.
3: The creases. Remember. And then the only thing that kind of moves creases, him off of it is
2: Greg
0: coming over and being twice as cringy. Even more cringe. Although and Greg it's... had that wonderful line about the baguette is mightier <laughs> than the bagel.
3: And
2: it's funny because at the beginning, like on the plane, when they're trying to hype up, um, there's this speech about how like they're wolves or something. Yeah. One of you probably wrote it down. They're the wolves and they're coming in. They don't know what's going to hit them. And it's like, actually, you're just embarrassed. All of you are embarrassing, pretty much, except Carolina. That's, that's
0: Jerry, right? She has to yeah. speech. Do you think yeah. she believes it? No. No. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I
2: think... I think <laughs> Logan did, like, release a pathogen onto these people, and they don't know how to behave themselves in the normal world. Because they have, they have gotten so used to, like, ingratiating themselves with this, like, completely irrational um
1: Yeah, they're not, they're not best man. of breed, right? They're people no. who succeeded in Waystar Royko, which is yeah. that they made themselves useful enough to Logan not to get fired. Yeah. Um, but
0: not powerful enough to challenge him. It's fascinating, though, to think about, like, the, the Gojo team, right? Are they a NASDAQ master race or, like, are they actually just as moronic as anyone else? I mean, they probably are as moronic,
1: right, as evidenced by, like, Matson's going to buy ATN, which is a terrible idea. But they're on the ascent, Right. And they are yeah. young and they are fit. And they're the one they're the ones who are going to buy the old the old group. So in, they are the alphas in this case. Now, it, it, they can absolutely overreach and be wrong. Um, but they are. I mean, that's why Jerry has to make that fake confident speech about how they're cosseted and weak and socialist <laughs> and European, because they are clearly way ahead. And, they, you know, Waystar Rooko is flying to them. Right.
0: They have all the power. Two days um, and, after their yeah. father died, as and the now, and later. the uh, that wonderful little bit where Oscar and Matson start talking in Swedish about like incest <laughs> and Habsburgs, and um, <laughs> and and uh, Tom isn't alert enough to pick up on the incest and in the Habsburgs, and is just trying to laugh along when in fact they they're just telling him. We say right. Do you agree with us? Is completely inbred. <laughs>
2: I mean, that's how they come across as completely inbred. I was really embarrassed for everyone. It's like, I don't know, you go somewhere with your, you've had this experience. You go somewhere with someone you know, but you're totally outclassed. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, like the, the curtain's been raised or something. Or you have people over your house and you're like, Jesus, it's messy in here. You don't even notice. That's how I felt about this episode. It's like reveals just how crap. These people all are. Right.
1: In an episode you know? an episode prior, right, they were making fun, was it two episodes prior, they're making fun of the interloper with the capacious bag because yeah. she doesn't yeah. know how to behave in their world.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: And then you move them eight hours east and they're totally off their, they have no
0: status at all. Yes. Um, oh, can we talk about the eight hours east thing? Because I feel like this episode finally puts the knife in this thesis that Emily has that there's ten episodes and that one day each and they each the day after the previous episode like for, for one thing this episode actually takes place over three days um, for another thing the when um, the the main day in the middle of it um, when um, Matson meets the brothers they talk about what the stock did on Monday, which means that they're meeting on Tuesday, right? So if Logan dies on Friday, and we've only had one day in between, clearly we are not having one day per episode here. I Case think closed. It was
2: three days, fine. Case closed, but I think it was a two-day, not a three-day. They only had one night and a morning. It was a day, a night, and a morning.
0: So they they had they' f- They had a day when Kendall goes into the office, right. Then they fly overnight because the the plane is dark when they fly out. Yeah. They land the following morning, then there's Correct. the big party where everyone does Molly. They go to sleep they wake up the following morning and fly back yeah and and it's the following true. morning is when they meet on the top of the mountain top and Roman insults Matson and all of that kind of stuff. Right. So it really is three days
2: huh, all right, well. <laughs> I think we should link to this great time story that also agrees with me about the one-day episode each.
0: But Even that though I am great, wrong, I'm still great, sticking to it. That great time story was written before <laughs> episode five came out, and now it all, like, everything care. needs to be... I'm still
2: sticking to it. <laughs> Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2%, on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank
4: USA, Salt
2: Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Our
4: bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too?
0: Roman completely fucking himself, right, at the top of the mountain and telling Matson that, like, he's never going to do the deal and just, like, losing his shit. And, yeah, what was that?
3: I think Roman had has more feeling for Logan than any of the other kids. And so particularly when Matson was sort of insulting him and he called him a prick and you saw Roman push back on it. And then he, you know, his big grievance was, you know, you made us come out here a couple of days after our dad died, and this was after you jerked around our dad for, you know, six months. Um, so it seemed like, you know, the, the emotional element of it was really uh, Roman's relationship with Logan.
0: Yeah, and I and it did feel, it did feel like emotionally real. He wasn't, you know, putting on a an act. And there was, yeah, there was a lot of, I mean, even by succession standards, there was a lot of swearing in that scene. You inhuman, I hate you. He said, you you inhuman fucking dog man. I fucking hate you. You stupid (laughs) cunt. You piece of shit. I said, okay, I get the message.
2: (laughs) And he, of course, did it while lucas Matson was peeing because that is a common roman behavior he's always uh, talking to people while they're peeing they
0: had a previous interaction while lucas was peeing in like and they peed on the app (laughs) on the on the waystar app
2: yes yes (laughs) i forgot about that and didn't roman also with the mencken the the nazi presidential candidate they had a they had a pee thing yeah i'm sure that that's three basically so it's a trend and it's i don't it probably means. Something. Ro- Roman
0: only really interacts with men, other men, when they're peeing,
1: basically. Yeah, he also makes a point of going up to him while he's doing it, right? Because yeah. Matson goes, I'm just gonna walk over here and and indelicately pee <laughs> on the side of my mountain. The and the Roman says, well, I'm gonna sit right and I'm gonna sit in front of you, which is definitely a violation of bro code. <laughs> um, and then yell at you. So it's, I mean, it, it is some real dick swinging going on throughout this entire episode. And Matson is almost always winning.
0: Can, um, yes. can we uh, just mention the Hugo at the top talking about the CE bros? And you're like, no, no. This
2: is, Hugo did not win this episode in any way. Oh,
0: my God. This is such, I mean, that was so cringe when he went up to his opposite number and was like, <laughs> you almost won the bronze. Oh,
2: my God. What about <laughs> his his plate running over with food with his pastries? Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh. And they call so him fast. out and they call him out and
1: he's on like, it too, I metabolize is, first. Which is he's so humiliating. If you that were is- I, I someone has once said, Oh you go for it, Peter while I was piling my plate or something and I was like
0: very humbled. No that yeah, the the quote is I metabolize first because I'm dynamic. <laughs>
2: yeah that doomed him. that put him right on the list. He rocketed to the top of the kill list
0: so so yeah, I mean, to your point, Emily, like the two names that um Shiv gives Matson as being competent, cherry and carolina are the two names that aren't on the kill list right right that that conversation seems to have made its way straight into the kill list or well, in one way or another.
2: I
3: believe so, yes. <laughs> Hello, I'm Immy Harper. On the Slow Newscast from Tortoise, I tell the story of how a Hong Kong billionaire was silenced.
0: I got bombs thrown into my house. I got people came here ransacked my computer and I, I got people fractured me. I got this and that, but I'm safe.
3: And what it reveals about the freedoms Hong Kong no longer enjoys. Listen to Hong Kong's Rebel Billionaire on the Slow Newscast, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: we should have some favorite lines because there are some good ones in this one i i'm I'm, it's not really just my favorite one-liner but i really did like um the bit where roman for like a brief delusional second thinks he might have killed the deal and he turns to ken and goes if a deal collapses in the wood and no one hears it is it an sec violation which basically what he's saying is smart right what he's saying is i have a fiduciary duty um to get the best price for my shareholders as ceo of this company um i am you know if they knew i was trying to kill this deal then i would be open to all manner of enormous lawsuits and it would be very very damaging to me um but hey you know so long as it's just the three of us up here and no one recorded it like can we get away with it?
1: Yeah, and they absolutely have to take the deal, right? Although, I don't know what that does. to I mean, they, the deal has to then blow up because there's no way. I don't know what they're going to do for the next five episodes, them just counting their money. Um, so they, they must have to get back. They must have to get ATN back under their their ownership. Or maybe they, the deal is going to close in X number of days and they can still fuck around with it until then.
0: You know, there's a lot of antitrust we need to worry about.
2: Everyone keeps talking about this election and in that time piece that confirmed my theory that has been unconfirmed by this latest episode, there is speculation that the season ends on election day or near election day because it's very close. And at some point, someone said something about election days in 10 days or something. So maybe there's some kind of like Nazi takes the White House and then they're stuck with him in ATN kind of a situation.
0: Maybe Nazi gets assassinated at the last minute and then Connor steps in and winds (laughs) up being the president-elect because he's like the consensus vice president candidate or something
2: (laughs) poor Connor he's stuck back in New York trying to bury his father in a kilt
0: okay so this is I'm just going to come in with my number one favorite line from the episode you comes. can't do all
2: your lines? No, 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 no.
0: We You are all coming after me. This I'm is going your, first and generous. Second,
1: this is your second line.
0: All right, my I mean, second it's line. It's your show. Lines? It's your show, but. but it, yeah, no, 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 you're right, you're right. But I'm going to I'm gonna leave you, you guys to do the best lines, but I need to mention this one because I just love it so much. It's Connor <laughs> saying, I just had to cancel on a room full of working-class whites in Cleveland.
3: Ah, that was my favorite. <laughs> I have a backup, but you don't need a What's, what's uh, my your backup, backup was uh, Tom at the beginning. And when Greg says, you know, why Norway, not Sweden? He goes, Norway, Sweden, what's the difference? They're all descended from the same rapists. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one.
2: Tom is, he comes across very parochial in this episode. Like when he says he doesn't care about <laughs> France.
3: We have our own France. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is our own France? I don't even know what we, that means. We have our own
3: Paris. And if it burns, he we'll just know. build another one. Paris. Yeah, oh, sorry.
2: We have our own Paris.
0: <laughs> what is it, Washington, D.C., something? I have no idea
2: I don't think Washington, D.C. is our Paris What we is the Paris, B- Texas
0: We have Paris, Texas, there you go
2: Peter, say your <laughs> line before someone steals it
1: uh, Okay, well, I, I have a couple so uh, But I'll pick one um, So it's it's Kendall's psych-up uh, mantra near, at the end I just think it's fucking feel the force time Choose our adventure Full bore Fuck the living <laughs> shit out of this <laughs>
2: thing <laughs> He's Lesson. the worst one, I think, in terms of business acumen, right?
1: Um, he's got just enough to be right. He's half smart, right? <laughs> he has posture. He knows how he's supposed to look and present. He can't do it. Uh, he definitely knows some lingo, uh, and then it sort of stops after that.
0: When yeah. when he's um, when when he finally realizes that he does need to bring the whole entourage to Norway, he says this this very like corporate, very can thing. He, this is I, I wrote it down. Yeah, no, great, great, good.
2: <laughs> yeah, no is like a big thing now. People say it all the time. Yeah, no. It yeah, means no, great, no. great,
0: good. Just means, you know. yeah. Can mean it's either. Like, it's like up, down, up, down, left, right, BBA, yeah. Um... <laughs> Emily, give us a line. What's your favorite line?
2: Um, I think it comes from Shiv, and it's, if you're the creepy stalker guy who sits... In the dark, writing code dripping into an IV bag and harassing his direct reports, that's going to have an economic impact. I like that.
0: It's true. It's true. It's, it's true. it's just like, you know, being a creepy stalker guy, you know, it's all well and good. But like when it starts hurting your stock price, then you have exactly. to start worrying about these things. Got to
2: make the economic case for not sending the blood. Can't just be about...
0: Ethics in the in the, oh, of, in the immortal words of Matt Levine, <laughs> everything is securities fraud, even sending your blood <laughs> to your to your comms chief.
2: Oh God, the blood! And he was like, first it was a joke, it's a joke, and then it, it wasn't <laughs> a
3: joke. Then it went back to being a joke.
1: Elizabeth, did you did you have a tech CEO in mind for Matson?
3: No, I wondered if the the blood brick thing was just sort of a derivative of Peter Thiel's, you know. Blood habit, but I I didn't.
1: Yeah, he
3: didn't remind me of anybody specifically, but there were a lot of elements of the retreat that felt very tech company. You know, the shot of the drone, the axe throwing, the molly. Yep. What about the sauna? (laughs) Sauna.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like if there was definitely an element there of those notorious big um, WeWork retreats that they used to have every year, the parties and the drugs. Uh,
1: and Daniel Ek like, does host a big Sweden conference. Um, that uh, it's like his own code conference, or, or any all the tech companies do, do this now. But he's
0: got one yeah. that he does in Sweden. But the, the kind of um, megalomani- megalomaniacal self-delusion, I feel, is is quite Adam Newman in its own way.
2: Yeah, he's really an amalgam of all these
0: <laughs> folks,
2: men. There's a lot yep. of men who work at Gojo, right? And Ebba. I didn't see many other women.
1: The the inner circle is all dudes and the,
0: yeah, then the comms lady. And the comms lady. Pretty standard description. And the, and the comms lady who's oh. also the CEO's girlfriend, on-off oh. girlfriend.
2: And he says, oh, that was one of my lines I was going to say. Ebba's like an estrogen air freshener.
0: What? Yeah, I know. Like, what?
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can see no. why she's going to go public with like, – she has – she said something so like, I'm, I'm taking notes it's so
3: that whenever I walk, it either goes into my book or they have to pay me off.
0: Felix, are you a compression socks
1: <laughs> fan at this stage in your life?
0: <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah, they're like, whoops. Well, so that was, that was something from the last episode, right? That the yes. reason Logan died was that he wasn't wearing his compression socks because he wanted to impress Kerry. Yep.
2: so then you see in this episode Frank and Carl like getting in there putting on their compression socks because they don't want to die like the last time they were on a plane someone died from not wearing compression socks that that's important I think um, for on a plane but so also, you, like you should wear them
0: talking of planes my 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 other favorite line from from Hugo where he's like you're on the <laughs> other plane by the way
2: <laughs> burn
0: <laughs> you know you know you, you you failed to really make it as part of the what does he call them? The quadroids squad squad. or something? The- yeah. Quad squad? The quad squad. You know and, and you know is. the quad squad doesn't really exist when, when you're on the other plane. Yeah, he also
1: and also in that same uh that same bit he says, it's not a trip to the Guggenheim, Greg. It's musical electric chairs. They're all doing a lot of like intentionally overwrought stuff here
0: to like um, show how tough they are. There's a of like, death is- wrestling with
1: ogres. Yeah.
0: But but yeah, Greg is like sexualizing the whole thing and talking about all of the hot Swedish babes or whatever. Yeah. And like, is that something you do on a trip to the Guggenheim? <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> you're mixing metaphors. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think the
1: I think the s- suggestion was we're not you're we're not in high you're not in high school we're not in high school. Um, yeah,
2: you're right. This is like at the Guggenheim. He's out there <laughs> picking up babes. <laughs> <laughs> But he was dancing with Ebba, by the way. He
0: was. (laughs) Maybe, you never know. Like, Greg is, like, weirdly self-confident when it comes to picking up babes.
2: And Greg gets the goss, right? He comes up to Tom with, like, gossip he really can't use about.
0: He's like, oh, yeah, there's a kill list. Like, who told him there was a kill list? Maybe Ebba. Maybe Ebba. Um... (laughs) Did anyone pick up the, the
1: this is completely unsubstantiated uh, celebrity gossip, but um, they're making a very direct reference when they're talking about uh, Mattson's sexual proclivities wearing the headphones? Who? Oh. If you Google celebrity who wears headphones during sex, you will absolutely get a, a hit at the top of the page.
0: <laughs> like, Emily is literally Googling this. I can see her Googling it.
2: Oh. Uh... Oh, my God. Wow. wow. I'm
1: going to have to do this, too, now. Yeah, what's great now is everyone listening to this podcast is doing
0: the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we will, we will be back uh, next week. I'm assuming that at least for one episode, this deal is going to be presumptively on, that if and when it falls apart, it won't be for another couple of episodes.
2: We got to get a funeral, too,
1: right? Oh
0: my God! we've got to get the funeral yeah you got a funeral you got an
1: election um we're gonna see Menken we know that from the trailers
2: nice nice that's a lot of stuff it's good juice all right any last predictions
1: well also in the trailer um I don't know if you guys have discussed this at the be you know for the, the opening opening season, whatever they call it, um, has, has, has Kendall talking about, uh, when the the last season on, right, they have Kendall talking about, uh, his murder. Um, right. He says, I didn't, you know, there's the OJ references like OJ, if he didn't kill anyone and he says, oh, what if I did? Right. So they're, they, the HBO at least has laid out the idea that, 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 that death still has to play out
0: somewhere in this season. Yeah, really? like Colin has the dirt and you know Colin isn't gone yet.
1: Colin's not gone, Marsha's not gone and then he told his siblings, right? So that's
0: right. at least
1: four people who know. I would imagine the siblings are the ones most likely to bring it up. Really? If everyone has dirt, everyone has dirt on
0: everyone, man. Eva has dirt on Mattson now. Shiv has dirt on Mattson.
2: And when is Shiv gonna reveal that she's pregnant? I mean, it's gonna <laughs> reveal itself at some point.
0: Well, I mean, if we've only got 10 days, maybe it doesn't, but yeah.
2: But you don't believe that, (laughs) Felix, so.
0: (laughs) Thank you to Patrick Fort for producing, and thank you to Peter Kafka for coming on. It's been amazing. Thank you for having me, guys. We will be back on Saturday with a regular Slate Money, and then back next Monday with yet another Slate Money Succession.